Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is up and welcome to another very special edition of Talking Pitching. If you followed me on Twitter, uh, you know that uh, Nick and I have been a huge fan of this guy for a few years now. He is the owner of one of the best fastball slider combinations in baseball. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Caleb A. Smith 12 and on Twitch at Dr. Underscore K31, Dr. Underscore K31, the one, the only Caleb Smith. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, we've got a bunch of questions because we've been wanted to talk to you for so long because we really just love your stuff. I mean, your, your fastball is elite in a lot of ways. Top 10 in active spin, 84th percentile in spin, elite horizontal movement that's really only gotten better each year. Can you talk about how that fastball has developed for you over the course of your career? Uh, I've always... I've always been the type of person that my philosophy is is if you want to throw hard, you got to you got to practice throwing hard. So I know I'm not a flamethrower by any means, but I feel like practicing throwing hard helps with with spin rate and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not super analytical or anything, but I mean that's always been been how I've uh, approached it. No, it's interesting. Uh, so was that always the case for you? I mean, do you remember the first time that you threw 90 miles per hour, for example? Uh, the first time I threw 90, I was a, a sophomore in high school, I believe. Yeah. Was was it like a distinct moment? Like we we talked to Sheffield, and he remember like going on a having a tournament where it blew up, and his brother came up to him. and was like, "Oh my god, man, you threw 90!" Because that's obviously like a huge moment, I imagine, uh, as you're growing up. Yeah, it was crazy because we were like I vividly remember like this tournament. We were we were facing our uh, rivals, division rivals, Brenham, Texas, and. Uh, I mean, we went out there and and I was just I was throwing a lot harder than normal and everybody noticed it and <clears throat> I don't know how many strikeouts I had I think I gave up like one hit or something like that but we ended up winning the game and uh, I mean that's that's really whenever <clears throat> I started to take off and become the pitcher that I am. Nice. You I mean like we've been watching you kind of you know elevate your four seamer uh, your four seamers kind of dot it up and away to righties and then bury that slider down and in at their feet it's like one of my favorite things to watch um when you came back from this injury um it seemed like there was a, a change in how you were locating that fastball a little bit whereas before in the first couple of months you were the top 40 in terms of just putting it in the zone over and over again and then post injury it dipped down a little bit was this like a, a feel thing that happened was it just like a, some holdover with that hip injury um, it was it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of a feel thing, and just not being able to drive down the mound. Um, I lost I lost a lot of power. Uh, whenever I came back from that hip injury, I just I just wasn't the same, and it, it never was really one hundred percent. So I mean, I, after that, I just I mean, I didn't come back the same, and and uh, I was kind of hesitant to to get on it. So I mm-hmm. think that hindered me a lot. 
Yeah, it's been yeah. rough with injuries, man. I feel so bad, obviously, in 2018. Um, I mean, the description of your injury is, like, as painful as you can get of, like, the lat being pulled off the bone, which is just, I'm so sorry you went through that. Um, and then, of course, the hip injury last year. Uh, so, with that in mind, right, so at the end of last year, you are saying that you are not really weren't really feeling uh, yourself. Uh, how has it been this offseason? How are you feeling coming out of the gate? I mean, let's say the season was going right now. Did you feel like in camp that you were ready to go and feeling like you were in 2019? Uh, I was I was getting to the point in camp where I was starting to feel like my old self. Um, the, my fastball velocity was down a little bit, but I made some – like I made some adjustments and I was I was getting to where I needed to be but I mean overall health wise I felt good hip felt good uh lap felt good there were no problems there so I mean I was ready and and we saw also with that with that hip injury um we also saw usage change a little bit right like your change up actually started dipping a bit you started favoring a bit more sliders I remember watching some games last year we only threw like just a handful of change-ups I uh, would you say that was more related to that hip injury or just in general your change of field changing and so you relied more on fastballs and sliders uh it wasn't really the hip didn't really have anything to do with that I don't think I just I just kind of went away from it from, for some reason um just it didn't have the the action that I thought it used to mm-hmm <clears throat> And so it kind of flattened out. So I just went away from it and started going fastball slider. And, uh, I mean, it didn't work out the best for me. So Yeah, but, I mean, to, to your credit, it, it, it can. Because, I mean, you yeah. – I was looking at how frequently, you know, you were elevating your four-seamer. Um, and you have so much success doing that. I mean, you're, you're doing that better than Charlie Morton. You're doing that better than Chris Sale at one point in the beginning of the year. Um, you made a big jump, it seems, in elevating that fastball between 18 and 19. Was this like a, a conscious effort on your part saying you wanted to start throwing up a little bit more? Or was this like a franchise kind of thing? Um, I've always <clears throat> I've always been like the guy that it's it's really – difficult for me or it has been really difficult for me in the past to throw the ball in the bottom of the strike zone Mm -hmm. like I try to get it there but naturally my ball just stays at the top of the zone and and I've always had trouble with that when I was with the Yankees uh, in the minor leagues they always told me hey if you if you can't pitch in the bottom of the zone you're never going to pitch in the big leagues and and that was their philosophy like if you can't throw it below the knees you're not going to be good in the big leagues basically and then as time went on, um, the game kind of changed a little bit. Like hitters started working on launch angle. They started wanting the ball down in the zone. And so pitchers start elevating. And, and I feel like it just it goes back and forth uh, over time with that. that that's wild to me. Um, so I just want to clarify a little bit there. You're saying you can't pitch or you have to pitch at the bottom of the zone or beneath it. Is that just for fastballs or is that – you know, were they also talking? Hey, you need to get your slider down there. You need to get your changeup down there. Uh, it's it's just fastballs. Like I, I don't have I don't I don't have a problem throwing off speed in the bottom of the zone at all. It's just it's, for right. some reason it's beaters. I don't know if it's lack of extension or or what it is. It's just difficult for me to to get it there sometimes. That's that's awesome. I mean, like we we talk about this all the time. Of course, the shift of. Uh, how I mean, yeah, you said yourself, the launch angle and everything. The game has shifted, and kind of Mike Trout was this torchbearer of being able to hit so effectively at the bottom of the zone, and then you, you know that's how you beat guys now is at the top of the zone. And you were kind of this, I don't know, in your own way, just saying, well, I, I don't do that. And you were going against the current philosophy, which actually is the right one 
to go with moving forward. So, it, I mean, it was very much of a blessing that that was just a natural thing for you because clearly it's successful and um, you have this fantastic fastball because of just that natural ability to keep that up. Uh, but it's really, really cool that we don't hear that enough fast just about the Yankee philosophy back then as you got to yeah, keep it and, low. And obviously now it's changed. They're Now they're big on uh, four scenes at the top of the zone and mm-hmm. I feel like every organization is really... But yeah, it was like they basically told me, um, if you can't pitch at the bottom of the zone, you're never going to pitch in the big leagues for us. And and like I was, I was shocked that it really made me focus on working down in the zone. But I mean, I, I always, even in the minor leagues, I always got pretty good swing and miss on fastballs elevated. So I, I didn't see what the problem was. Right, right. You know, it's, it's actually really refreshing to hear you say that too, because I feel like it's frustrating to hear organizations try and take a mentality and put it on a pitcher as opposed to realizing that every pitcher is a different human being. And it, it, it sucks to know that in some alternate reality where, you know, where swing planes aren't lowered, you know, you're struggling to try and do that. And it's like the pitcher that you are is a guy who, you know, elevates super well. So why don't we just let him do it? Do you, do you feel like the, the Marlins are a kind of organization that just kind of like embraces who you are as a pitcher or is there a mentality that they want you to kind of pursue? Oh, no, they, they definitely like they let you be who you are. Like if you're a sinker guy, they, they let you throw your sinkers. They, they want you to pitch to your strengths, but also to work on your weaknesses, strengthening your weaknesses. So, I mean, like a guy like Sandy, I mean, he's oh, yeah. a big, his sinker's disgusting, but he also has a really good four-seamer too. So they, they want him to not still throw it. They want him to still throw a sinker, but they also want him to work more four seams up in the zone too. So they're trying to get get him more towards that a little bit. But I mean, they're not trying to change him. Um. So so going back a little bit to the 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 Yankee versus Marlins uh, thing a little bit. First of all, I find it hilarious they they trade you away for essentially Mike King and some international international money, and then like a week later they decide, okay, we're going to throw high fastballs now because this was 2017 going into 18. I mean, that's just it's so crazy how recent that was. And we've been talking about, uh, you know, the Blake Snell blueprint as fast and I talk about it, like high fastballs is the way to go. We've been saying that for, I mean, that was in 2018 when we were saying that. So um, it's it blows my mind that that's the kind of stuff that you met in 2017. And um, outside of just like the general pitching philosophy, uh, where would you say analytically um, between the Yankees and the Marlins? Did you see like a major shift? Was the the kind of the clubhouse just generally different or was it just kind of more of the same of you cool i'm here to pitch i'm i'm really comfortable here um it, it was just more the same i mean I was, I was i was comfortable both places but i mean i have obviously i had more of an opportunity with with the marlins but analytically i feel like it's i mean it's the same i feel like they saw the same the same things out of me there's just i think um <clears throat> the more marlins valued it more than the yankees did at the time yeah so you you talked about you know Sandy Alcantara with that kind of fantastic sinker. Are you are you guys like constantly working with one another, or you do you guys share grips with one another, or are you like what's that kind of uh, relationship like? I mean, you guys you guys have a really between him and Pablo Lopez and Jose Ureña and Jordan Yamamoto, you guys have a really exciting young core group of guys there. Oh yeah, we got we're we're definitely not lacking in the starting pitching depth. That's that's for sure. All all the guys that you mentioned can chunk it so i mean we're we're setting that so 
Do is there is there one guy there who like would surprise people as being the kind of who's the biggest like pitching nerd in the rotation right now? In the rotation, um, I don't know if there's a a big pitching nerd in the rotation. I would I would say, um, on the staff, Adam Conley's really uh, really analytically like he he knows his, his analytics and everything so. Now that that's a good story of someone who I remember when he first came up, we were very excited about him. Transitioned really well into being a reliever, fastball slider combination, um, and I you see this stuff. I mean, it's a very young core as you were talking about before. Um, and don't forget Eliezer Hernandez, fast. He's her boy too. Mm-hmm. I do All love right. Eliezer Hernandez. I do love him. <laughs> he has a lot of ride on his fastball. He gets a lot of swing miss on his fastball too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And the slider is fantastic. Yeah. I love that slider. Looks like he's on a wiffle ball. Right. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's nuts. <clears throat> so, so we're really excited, of course, to just kind of see how the entire team develops. Um, I, as far as the kind of the the veterans uh, of the group, I mean, I would imagine Jose Reina is that kind of person. And did you feel when you came to the Marlins that there was someone that kind of took you under their wing and really, uh, you know, gave you some memorable advice? Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, Jose, Jose uh, <clears throat> pretty much keeps to himself. He's he's more of a. Uh, do as I do. Like he's a leader by example. He's mm-hmm. he's not very vocal. I mean, but if he needs to, he'll he'll get on you. But I mean, he's he's super quiet. He just goes about his business, and and that's what I really liked about him. Um, he just keeps his head down and he he goes to work. And uh, I mean, whenever I first got to the Marlins, Dan Straley kind of kind of took me under his wing and and helped me out and pretty much the do's and don'ts of the big leagues. So I would have to say. He, I mean, he helped me out the most so far. Dude, I don't know if you've seen, but he's he's been crushing it yeah. in Korea right now. Yeah, I saw a couple of couple of highlights from him. I, I, I'm glad he's doing good over there. Yeah, yeah that slider is working. Yeah, that slider is really good. working. Yeah. Do, do you then, Nick and I? We have two, uh, you know, two kind of follow, uh, last questions that we really like to ask a lot of pitchers because we could, you know, talk to you guys forever. The one for, on my end is like. To me, it's crazy. Like pitchers just have the craziest memory. To me, you guys can remember just like every pitch. It seems. Do you have one pitch or sequence or what have you? Be it from high school or from college or from whatever uh, from the pros um, that has stuck with you or that comes to mind as being great or terrible. Uh, I, don't know. I think the best sequence for me is is uh, <clears throat> I love doing it. It's it's a breaking ball for a strike either swinging or, or looking in the zone and change up right off of that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's basically a guaranteed they're either swinging over the top of it or, or they're, it's a ground ball. It's, it's bad contact, but do you have like, oh, sorry, go on. That's, I mean, I was saying that's probably the, the best sequence for me, in my opinion. Do you have like, a, is there a memory you have of using that against someone where it was super effective or, uh, I mean, I, I used I use it a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's not really one that stands out, but I don't know. The one, the one thing that really stands out to me, it's, it's uh, I always remember the guys that that hit homers off of me. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. And I, I know, like, I always remember exactly what pitch, and that's crazy. Do you find that sticks with you in the start? Or are you able to just like shake it off at the end of the start and then it sticks with you for the rest of the day or something? I mean, it's not that it's not that it's it's like a, it's not that it 
it's like a, I don't know, I just remember it. It's like, all right, he got me last time on, on a change-up down in the way. Mm. It's not like a, it's a, I guess more of a learning experience than anything. Cool. And uh, so another question we love to ask everybody uh, is, do you have a specific mountain visit that just was really stuck with you? It could be with Mel. It could be with, with Don. It could be a coach from high school or college, but just some, just some mountain visit that is, you know, the typical bull Durham ridiculousness that we all hope uh, everyone is actually talking about on the mound. Um, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bleep it out. You can yeah. say it. It's all good. <laughs> so my pitching coach in college, David Pierce, walked out. Um, three with the all three of our starters were lefties, <clears throat> and uh, all of us got drafted too. But uh, he he hated like leadoff walks, and every single one of us like that series walked the first batter of the game. <laughs> So we had like somebody was warming up after the first hitter in every single game, and he like after both of them did it, he came out to me like the last day, and he was like he just like walked out there, didn't say anything, just like looked up to me, and just says you're a pussy, and just <laughs> walks back. <laughs> yeah, I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'm going to bleep that out. I don't know. I'll figure it out. No, but that's that amazing. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how'd you do after that? Was it okay? Did it did it really work for you? Yeah, it did. It definitely got me fired up. Yeah, I was pretty upset, pretty pissed off. That. <laughs> I, I so I guess now what we have to do is, uh, you know, bring a sign to Marlins Park and just hold it up whenever you need it. Right. Yeah. Well, if I was allowed to say that on the podcast, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll definitely do a tweet out. You know, Caleb Smith is you know something. If you do lead off with a walk in any of your games moving forward, definitely. <laughs> Man, I mean, seriously, we 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 we've been watching you for so long, and we're so excited to to you know whenever the season starts, we're so excited to watch you get back out there and and work that fastball slider combination. It's one of our favorite things in the game to look yeah. at. So so good luck this season, man. We're really pulling for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for supporting me, and thank you all for having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks a lot, Caleb.